0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar, the Barbarian, joined by my special guest Ahimsa of Night Owl Publishing. Welcome. Hello. How are you doing today?
1: I'm excellent. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm interested to talk about role-playing games, and you have a bunch of stuff out, some zines, a few books, quite a bit, really. Could you... Tell our listeners what what you have out with Night Out Publishing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Night Out Publishing is me and Wynn Lothamer. And we we were we've been friends for a long time. And our first book was well, our first book of note was called The Chaos Gods Come to Meet Landia, which is like it's. It's bizarre. It's like, (laughs) uh, I think, uh, like, Bryce at 10 Foot Pole said, like, it was more Gonzo than, than, like, Gonzo World or something. Like, it's, you know, like, we were just trying, we were just having fun, and we wanted to just, like, you know, it's an elf game. You know, if you're going to make something weird, make it all the way weird. So, there's sort of... What's
0: weird about it? What's in Uh, it? What's bizarre about it? Yeah.
1: Good question. Um, The setting is pretty weird. It's like a big urban city. Uh, There's worms kind of digging through the earth, bringing chaos itself back. There's these things called chaos storms and there's a giant table. Um, Let me actually grab the book. There's a giant table that you roll on during a chaos storm and anything can happen. Um, Anything from... Like it can rain, kind of like it can rain pineapples, or like your whole party can turn into puppies. I mean, it's just really weird. (laughs) It's it's not really a place for a campaign. It's more of a sort of like, uh, let's do a one shot that's gonna be a little bit out there. And then um, you can't, there's no narrative that can kind of happen.
0: You get you pumped on it. the head when it starts raining pineapples. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is
1: that is part of. it. Part of
0: it. How <laughs> much damage is, does a raining pineapple do? I,
1: I think we said D four damage, which it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's hard to quantify a pineapple to the to the head. Meat magic is the all the magic is meat magic. Or we call it we call it like we call them carnomancers, and you sort of you have to drink the honeydew from the worms, the chaos worms, to cast magic, and as you oh. do, you slowly become more and more. Worm-like, uh, you know. That's the whole like magic should have a it cost. It's sort of one one way to <laughs> kind of address that. Um,
0: it's not fancy of- and magic that I. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
1: fancy. Um, one of the most uh, sort of noteworthy is one of the classes is called the Chaos DJ, and what the Chaos DJ does before the game, they hand the the DM or the referee three actual songs. So any three songs in our world that exist. And they could play those songs during the course of that session as a magical spell. So if you play, like, Tom Petty Free Fallen, and you need to, like, kind of, like, stop falling, and you've queued up that song, then then you're good to go. It works
0: once. So you play this, like, actually play the song in order to cast it at the table?
1: That's right. Yeah, you actually play the (laughs) song.
0: And and the song has probably got to be related to what you're trying to do, right? Yeah,
1: as written, it's kind of like if you can if you can make an argument for those lyrics, then and you know, and it, it's not if it makes sense, then, then so it's fine.
0: That old cannibal corpse song, hammer smashed face. I can use yeah. that on my enemies at any of point. Of course,
1: <laughs> you can use crazy train to bring a train and smash it into a dragon, you know. Like, I mean, there's there's no limits to it. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts, but they can only play it once. And the chaos DJ actually knows that they're a character in a role playing game. And so the higher they level up, the more, they're just going to be like, no, I'm not doing that. They'll tell you the player, like, stop, I don't want to be your pawn. (laughs) Stop making me listen to your music and do these things for you. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's not a book that is going to be totally vanilla, but if you want that sort of just like, (laughs) this is weird, uh, sort of Stuart Gart Gordon kind of stuff, or, um,
0: and I, I like to yank stuff from books, too. Like, I, my whole life, like, gaming has always just been kind of a DIY thing since I got into it. So cannibalizing any books and pulling crazy stuff out of them is, is yeah, that's what I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any gamer who doesn't have their notebook full of, like, cool ideas that they've sort of jotted down or or, or something, right? That, that's half the fun of the hobby, I think.
0: Yeah, and it, like one of the big things that I get from buying game because there's no way I can play all the game books that I get. But I can yank stuff out of them here and there, you know? And like, hey, yeah, I got this from here. And oh, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's media, it's mead for your brain, right? It's like, wow, that's cool. I would have never thought of that. Which,
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. So old school and cool was one of the first things that I had seen out there of yours. Mm hmm. Tell us about old school and cool because we're big zine fans here on uh, on the show. <laughs> At least yeah, least yeah. some of us are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we heard about Zine Quest. Actually, we didn't hear about Zine Quest until Zine Quest 2. And we were like, we got to put something together. Zines are awesome. And I feel like in the RPG world, there's sort of like two kind of camps of people. They're sort of like the ones who who kind of grew up with sort of like the punk zines and the photocopying it, and then there's <laughs> sort of like the ones who maybe have won and not wrongfully so who are like oh a zine is a beautiful book that's small and we kind of took it as like the diy like it's, it's going to be black and white it's going to look photocopied we're going to be you know like it's going to be kind of rough around the edges uh and we just put some stuff together just some some new classes uh, an adventure um i'll tell you this, just real quickly some of the stuff that's in there there's a space dwarf There's an augur who kind of reads the flight of birds, and then can kind of look in the DM's book based on how well that they that they read the birds. They they can foretell the future. So, (laughs) you know,
0: that's great. That's
1: great. Uh, There's a language expert that's cool. Uh, uh, There's a a, like a werewolf hunter who starts off really powerful, and then as he levels up, he loses his powers because he starts kind of facing like that he's like you know like advancing in years and age oh
0: no he becomes feeble (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely
1: there's even a a shop you know like a like an old school bard who basically gets lots of experience by claiming that really cool things he did or she did so they'll take the credit for things and like get extra experience because they're the ones telling the stories right they have the narrative control
0: Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) there's menus so like if you go to like an elven uh elven inn then um you can get like elven food or you know that kind of thing gnome food i i came up with a bunch of inn alternatives because you know sometimes like it's nice to have you just sort of unthinking you meet at a tavern but other times you know there's a big world there's a lot of options so tea houses uh libraries caves uh in a dead creature like because if there was a giant <laughs> dead dragon you know adventurers would be living there rent free right
0: that's good yeah i'll be 100 i don't I can't remember the last time I've ran a game where someone met in the a group met in the end. I avoid that. Like the plague. I tell people with are rolling up characters to roll up the party together and tell me how you know each other. <laughs> and so I don't mess with that part. Yeah. We're going to jump in. That's my yeah. way. <laughs> I agree
1: completely. But you know, part of that is like, if you've been gaming for a while, those tropes are pretty old. And if you're new to the game, then that trope might be partly what brings you in. So, you know, it was just a. the first one was just a hodgepodge of like, just here's a bunch of nifty things. I don't know if you know um, Black Pudding by James West.
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yes.
1: So we kind of looked at that and we're like, he just put a lot of really cool random things in there. Like, let's do kind of like our, our take on that. And it's not like a one for one take. It was just the idea. Of, here's an awesome thing with a bunch of cool stuff. Maybe you want one page out of the 30, but like, you know, that's fine.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. I, I like I just love the zines, period. Like I'm just a, a zine addict at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so you the, know, there's oh sorry, go on.
0: Oh, so the next couple issues, there's three issues now. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. And they're That's, kind of the same type of stuff going on in them, or they actually
1: get more focused. So the second one is is a post-apocalyptic. Guide. Um, the cover kind of looks like Akira or something. Uh, you can play a, a, like a cyborg, you can play a, like a, a simian, you can play sort of like an android, a motorhead. So this is kind of evoking, sort of in some ways, like kind of 80s apocalyptic movies, you know. Um,
0: the the cover the the i like the color on the cover it's brilliant it's got this like teal and magenta thing going on with a bit of purple i'm a fan of those colors yeah, yeah. that's like all wind.
1: you did it with a risograph yeah it's just two <laughs> colors so i think you did an amazing job on that
0: it's pretty trippy it's good. there's actually
1: an adventure in here called and there's oh there's vehicle combat vehicle rollover all that stuff psychic duels so there's some psionics and then there's a, an adventure called State of Adventure that I actually it's based off. I don't know if anyone knows this, if anyone's noticed this yet, but it's just the plot to Smokey and the Bandit, written as a <laughs> apocalyptic. Like, like you're <laughs> literally looking for Coors Light. Uh, it's the Coors Light. It's like a magic item that's always light. But
0: uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, the, so then the third, the third one. What's the focus on that? That's the newest, most yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, I honestly think the third one is is the coolest one that we've done so far. It's it's you know like when you get to high level, although I say that like it happens and it doesn't really. <laughs> Hypothetically, you get to high level and it's like you're sort of like, oh, okay, now you can have a castle and and like hang out with some peasants who love you. And I don't know that a lot of players want to flip that switch in today's day and age. So this one is kind of like when you get to your name level, which is 14, except for for some of the Demi humans, it's less. You get a choice uh, and you basically ascend into like a demigod status and you can choose sort of the ascended or the descended. But either way, you're going to be like highly, insanely powerful. Like you know, think like you're like an X-Men now or, or a yeah, Avenger oh, or yeah. something. That's great. So everyone gets to make the choice. Like the dwarf can become a runesmith where they can kind of put runes on gems and then like they, they just wear them and get a bunch of powers from them. Or if they want to take the descended, then they become like the grudge keeper and they're just sort of like bitter and like angry at their lot in life. And they, they, <laughs> they get mad when their allies get hit and they, they get powers based off of that. Uh, so there's that. There's high, high level artifacts. Although, you know, proper old school, like, even though they're really powerful, they are not healthy for you. So, I, you know, like I don't think my character would, would actually use them <laughs> because they, they all come with a price, you know? There's some weapons. The, then there's the bestiary of, like, really, really high-level things, including, like, um, basically, it's basically Godzilla. It's a kaiju. Um, and this character called the Soulsmith who actually can grab people and turn she like transmogrifies them into weapons and then just like wears them and uses adventurers as weapons and then there's a little adventure at the end of that as well
0: so the next thing i think that i want to ask you a little bit about is i've heard stuff about the meatlandia trilogy from people they seem to like it a lot we did a random roll on one of the books What's the idea behind the Meatlandia and like, like, could you tell us a bit about it and what to expect from those? There's three books to it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Uh, you know, literally Meatlandia came from Wind and I's Riffs game. Uh, we were, we were going to play Riffs.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Nineties <laughs> <And, I> uh... <laughs> uh, was like palladium was my thing I, uh-huh. I played a lot of riffs and i've been running a saturday night riffs campaign the last year or so oh that's
1: awesome i mean like I appreciate yeah like, it's just amazing like it's the you can do anything right like it, yeah you want, you want to be a wizard cool hang out with this with this battle mech. <laughs> like no worries uh so in terms of the player experience that's great like it's not you don't if you don't care about game balance and and you know you don't mind house ruling a bit <laughs>
0: Uh, oh yeah i I got my i got my own rules to run palladium games because i've run it for 30 some years so i don't need to worry about the rule it's the same i'll tell you what they are yeah yeah yeah, absolutely uh
1: and that's kind of the beauty of palladium is like yeah here it is hack it up how you want um so that was the setting was Melandia. It was just part of like our adventure. We actually, we're called Night Owl Publishing because our group was like a group of sort of do-gooders called the Night Owls. Oh, awesome.
0: um,
1: And when we started making books, we're like, let's just call it the Night Owls. We we really didn't put any thought into it at all. And sometimes looking back, we're like, maybe we should have maybe not just decided that. But.
0: I, I get that. That's, that's the, uh, our Wobblies and Wizards title. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't put any thought into it, but I feel it's catchy. It was our. I think if you. I'm not sure if you heard the story. I've told it a few times. It was the Wi-Fi. My fiance and I were moving in together some years ago, and we were looking for a pass or Wi-Fi, not password. It's the name of the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're looking for something that everybody would know was ours like well, why not make it wobblies <laughs> and wizards since everybody's that comes over is either a wobbly or here to play b&b and maybe both so they always awesome. know it she came up with that and i was like okay and then someone suggested reading it because we were running a blog we we had tabletop roleplaying.com and nobody paid
1: attention to that. <laughs>
0: someone suggested using wobblies and wizards instead i was like yeah that's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so it was everybody else came up with those ideas, not me. I just benefited from having catchy names. Well, that's the way to do it. You got the yeah. name, it was there, and it was already your group. That's that's awesome. So yeah. now, publish you. tell me about the campaign and the books that came out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the campaign was nuts. I mean, you know, it's it's riffs, but when we oh, yeah. decided to make a book, we're like, you know, that mean landy world was crazy because there's sort of a meat lord who's who's like an evil tyrant and he deals in meat magic it's gross you know i, I gotta tell you i'm <laughs> vegan like i don't love meat but when you're talking about the meatlandia you gotta like you gotta it's gotta do it oh yeah and he's there's sort of this noble paladin the rust lord who, who's trying to kind of fight for justice and um there's just sort of all these kind of machinations and scheming in meatlandia so the first book is sort of like uh, n- n- is sort of mid-apocalypse it's like stuff is going down uh there's there's factions here and there things are imminent uh you're on the precipice and then when we made the second book (laughs) you know i don't know why uh we took a step back and we, we we kind of made this idyllic world i actually kind of based it a lot on uh sort of like like before the spanish civil war spain so like the topography and stuff is (laughs) yeah like the herbs you can find and the topography and stuff is all kind of there's there's some very strong like parallels to the to the uh, spanish civil war so so it's a different tone it's a different it's meatlandia book too it's called worm witch um, but it's, it's sort of the pre-apocalypse. It's kind of like the, it's a little island to the side that, that like hasn't been completely kind of colonized yet. Um, so it's kind of a look at like what the world once was.
0: I've done a lot of, a, a lot. I've done a few campaigns very heavily influenced and inspired by the Spanish Civil War in the past.
1: <laughs> well, then you'll pick up on a lot. You'll this. pick up on a lot of the the Easter eggs that are in there uh cuz there <laughs> are quite a few.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's great. And the the third book is The Scorn Lords, which is the one we did some random tables off of recently, correct? Yeah. Correctly. That's
1: right. The Scourge of the Scorn Lords which um yeah i mean it it's it's not just dark sun meets mad max but that does put you in kind of the right idea of it it's actually kind of designed for faction play so the scorn lords are kind of these like uber powerful menaces but they all have their region and you can they're kind of different ways that you can try and meet them maybe ally with them or or serve them and fight against other scorn lords and so it's sort of a uh, it's actually like I, I did a lot of like I watched a lot of Kurosawa movies because I wanted to get the sort of like how to navigate a bunch of different like rivals. Uh, so there's a bit of Kurosawa in there as well.
0: You've got a, quite a few other things as well besides just those. I mean, there's a lot that you all have available. I the, you got the vanilla adventure. I don't know if I have a copy of that or not. I might. <laughs> you might. Yeah, yeah. It's been around for a little while. Yeah. Um. you got quite a few other ones. How long have y'all been putting these out for? It seems for a minute.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we, Mealandia, I think was maybe 2016. So it's been five or six years now.
0: So wait a minute. When did, so was that out before OSE or? It was actually, no, it was
1: before OSE. Uh, So it was actually originally for BX because he was calling it BX. Uh, But before that, it was like generic. Like I didn't really realize how important it was to people to be a specific edition i kind of thought <laughs> D was D and like yeah yeah you do a called shot or like you do a save and uh, reviewers were kind enough to let us know like you can't just mix and match different editions of D <laughs> and like oh okay i did not i didn't know that that was so important but okay good thank you i don't i don't
0: do. think there's a problem with that i mean at the end like if you're using any of the pre-2000s editions most of the stat blocks are gonna work Oh, I, I, I buy them left to right. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> I just like, whatever, it works. Throw right. it in there. Right. It was between some <laughs> of the like basic and some of the advanced, might want to move an armor class one. Right. Lower or higher, depending right. on how you're doing that. Yeah. You know, that's about it. <laughs> so it know, all works. <laughs> I kind
1: of like I know this isn't a popular opinion, but to me, the numbers are pretty arbitrary. Like, I'm kind of more like I want a, a fun story to come out. Like, I want you to oh. go home and tell your friends like and then the dragon got turned into a donkey and I don't really care if the armor class was 23 or 25. You know <laughs> what I mean?
0: Like Yeah. I think what, one thing that I do as for that here is I will and especially in my riffs campaign because mm-hmm. if you if you sit there and calculate every point of everything i will just think in my mind like i think four hits should be okay for this yeah, yeah. sometimes i forget <laughs> and like and like will say stuff that lets it out to my players. because i like them to have the oh i'm rolling damage and have that excitement still and write it down like right. okay okay but you hit it four times it's gonna be dead yeah, that's <laughs> it that is a great like, way to do it <laughs>
1: You know, in our <laughs> in our high school campaign at one point we fought the four horsemen of the apocalypse and riffs and i mean we it was a weekend like i think we started right after school like 6 p.m and it was definitely the sun had come up the next morning and we had not finished that fight like,
0: <laughs> i can't do that see i've done that kind of stuff we, we we would play we would stay up all night and play till the sun came out and we'd sit in our usually on someone's bedroom or basement floor, half the time we didn't have uh-huh. a proper yep. table yep. back yep. That's then. right. Yep. You know, we'd be rolling. We have a, a book for our dice. If right. had carpet I didn't right. have carpet I was in the basement It was like <laughs> Concrete And that crap Linoleum stuff on the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That was my room One and guy's we... just
1: drawing dragons In the player's <laughs> handbook
0: <laughs> Oh yeah We were always sketching away as we were
1: playing.
0: <laughs> and, and sometimes Like a lot of times Back then It didn't matter to us If we had a big group or not We'd play if we just had The two of us Oh definitely other guy. Yeah Absolutely I don't do that nowadays I don't know why I'm like Oh we don't have enough people We can't play But back then It wouldn't stop me (laughs) yeah
1: i still do that sometimes just because necessity but
0: yeah i haven't done that in a while i i i probably should i probably should okay well we only got one player let's go with it because we used to play like that a lot back then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. other thing is we played heroes unlimited like
1: yes that was
0: (laughs) probably still to this day might be the game that i have played more than any other game except for maybe AD and D Second Edition, because uh-huh, uh-huh. I played AD and D Second Edition for years in the end of the through the, the and 2010s. I was running. Nice, wow! And that was almost because I didn't have the money to buy the new books that were expensive. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's true. Second edition was was pretty sweet though. It was really like uh, the end yeah. of that era, right? The end of that sort of old school era.
0: I loved that. I, I loved Second Edition, and just as general, I think it might be my favorite edition to this day. <laughs> a lot of people yeah, don't yeah. agree with that yeah,
1: yeah. i like it yeah i mean ultimately you probably like the thing you played the most right it's just kind of kind of how it works
0: film familiarity i knew the i knew the books well i knew how to run it well i think that's probably why it works easy for me i don't have any hang-ups with it i think
1: if second edition was like half as cool as it thought it was it would be
0: awesome
1: <laughs> they put out those source books you're like cool the dwarf source book and that's actually pretty good like- I don't I don't know, the celtic source book you know, that's, that's, like it was cash grabbing right like <laughs> but in theory it's pretty awesome
0: we we had a lot of limiting to the to like the core book every now and then someone would be like i want to play something crazy like like when we got the planescape box my mm-hmm. buddy wanted to play the tiefling or something mm-hmm. like that that came out with it every now and then like when we do a specific setting someone would try something new and different but I was all uh, I often was like, yeah, let's just stick with the base stuff, especially after playing so much rift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, we're going to stick with the easy stuff. No expansion books. That's all for things to fight.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you had the same the same kind of guy. We always had the guy who, like, had found these rules in like Dragon Magazine, where when Um, you like stacked them up, he'd get like 17 (laughs) attacks around and we're like. Can you show us that role? He's like, oh, I forgot it at home. Okay, I guess we trust you. But I,
0: I, I have a buddy who I still play with often to this day, off and on, and and he may have done a few things like that over the years. <laughs> I, I've known a few people that have done those kinds of things. Also, kind of the reason why there's like certain editions I don't play. Like Pathfinder Third Edition stuff is a little too easy to go crazy with that. Right, right. right. <laughs> like, okay, put the brakes on. It's a little too easy to do that. Stuff <laughs> right. There. I mean that that's sort of. The,
1: I mean that's the feature of that game is to do that yeah. stuff, right? Or or the bug if you don't like
0: it. Well, yeah. I mean for for me it was it's it's difficult to keep track of so many rules that people are pulling out that aren't even the book I'm using. Like well, right. stick with the book and what's in the book. At least I can look it up in the book and I don't have to ask you. What is that book? And there was a point in time when I allowed people to use other books. I said, only if I actually own the book. So if you want to bring it in, you better get me a book. (laughs) That's
1: that's clever. That's a good tactic.
0: And it's just like, you know, I got to be able to know what's going on problem with some of that though and when you get into those ones that started printing books and books to add those things is that if you don't stick with the very rigid written rule system you can't make calls things break real easy and screw up
1: yeah (laughs) that's my experience that's true which i think why people like to go all the way back to bx because it's so simple that you can you can glue a lot on top and it can it can hold that
0: Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I love like really complicated out there role playing games. Mm. I've played so many different role playing games over the years. So I do love some of them. We're rolling up a character and and, and filling out that little sheet. Uh, That was like (laughs) fascinating to me when I first got into it, looking at this, trying to like this describes my character. There was some kind of magic to that. When I started looking at my first character, she's reading all this stuff. And figuring out like skills, or depending on what game it was like, how they know that. And I would really get into it, and I still do get into that kind of stuff, playing it. But running it, I know how. I I, I have a big appreciation for rules light stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. It's easier to run. I don't have to do as much homework to get ready for a game because there's a lot getting ready for game. In general, adding more rules for more things does not help me.
1: <laughs> I love like almost as much as role-playing. I love just rolling up characters, especially for a system I barely understand because it's sort of this discovery of like, oh, cool, I get this. Oh, cool. You know, like it's really cool, especially if it's not rolling 3D6. It's something different than sort of the d yeah. norm. I love that. But then to transition from that to knowing how to run that game, I feel like no game has really figured out how to teach you that other than just like, we're going to, you know, I guess you could watch YouTube now, but like, Well, the
0: character sheet is where I, I kind of uh, start with a game when I'm looking at it. I want to see the character sheet and get an idea of what it looks like and what I'm working with here. I get it. I can get kind of an idea what a game is doing, looking at a character sheet most of the time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The character sheet's like the outfit of the game. Like it tells you about the personality of the game. Right.
0: Yeah, it's what I'm going to be looking at the most. Like the books are mm-hmm. going to be closed and put away, hopefully most nights when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Depending on what edition I'm playing, there's a few editions the books are going to be open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Night. <laughs> but like I said, I tend to <laughs> avoid them because of that. Yeah, absolutely. So the character sheet is what we're supposed to be looking at most of the time. So it's what you want to get an idea of, like how is this going to work? What's it going to be like a game? That's where I go to first. I'll tell you what I want to do and i want to do this on the podcast at some point in time when it comes to rolling up characters i have got i've got the little black uh traveler box up there mm-hmm. from 77 i've never played it i've been wanting to play it forever i've never even rolled a character i sat down to looked at it. i may have Tried to roll a character so but there's all these legends of your character dying during character. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love to <laughs> sit down with some people and just roll up some traveler characters for the weekends episodes and see how that goes That'd and see awesome. if anyone dies.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd actually be disappointed if someone didn't die, which is a strange yeah. reality, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we need someone to die during <laughs> this. No one died? That's what we've <laughs> always been promised. <laughs> That's how I knew the game back right. in the day because everybody <laughs> told me
1: that. it's probably a five percent chance, right? I don't think it's likely, but but that's the thing that's very interesting about that.
0: It, it's and it's interesting. It, it's different. It's definitely different than D and D. The system mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be getting into some more traveler stuff here in the future. But anyhow, are there any other books, games, or anything you got out that we should be checking out?
1: Couple things. Um, I'm going to have a book called. I'm the bad guy coming out with exalted funeral where you can oh, kind of nice. choose one of the, you're basically like these innocent monsters in a forest and these humans keep coming and chopping down your woods. And eventually you get tired of it and you band together and come back. It's not exactly uh, old school DD, it's more general. It's like roll D 20 and kill that many peasants <laughs> or whatever. Um, so that's going to come in out. We just kickstarted aquatic adventures um which is like a source book to underwater uh an old school source book for underwater stuff which to be honest was kind of like speaking of riffs like riffs atlantis seemed like it would be really cool and it wasn't really about underwater at all uh so it's kind of like what if riffs atlantis was about underwater what would that look like so lots of rules and
0: that was source book for uh, the coalition <laughs> underwater Campaign. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I know. I so <laughs> you got to get source book for, and then Lumeria. I think it's yeah. yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. way you're going to want to find those. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, of course, there's always another book. That's genius, genius marketing. And with Aquatic Adventures, uh, Wind actually made a really cool character sheets where they're all kind of bubbles. So it looks oh. kind of like like you're breathing or something. So like that's quite that. cool. We have a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of, you know, I think at most creators are the same. Where we've got kind of like eight things, 70 percent of the way done. So it's just kind of <laughs> what, what we're going to focus on.
0: No doubt. I definitely. I definitely I definitely understand that. So. Before we go, could you tell the listeners where they can find your stuff online and, and check it out and, and where they can pick it up?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have a website, nightoutpublishing.com. Uh, we have our stuff on Drive Through, And uh, I'm on Twitter. We're on Twitter, Night Out Pub. We're on Instagram, Night Out Publishing. So just the normal places you can find us.
0: And we'll make sure we get some links in the show notes to that for you if you're you're interested in checking it out if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today please give us a positive review wherever you're listening and those of you that have thank you so much you can follow us check us out on facebook Just search wobblies and wizards wobblies is our blog i'm on twitter at logar Hail we have a patreon any support you can give us we really appreciate it. And those of you that have been supporting us on Patreon, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart so much. It's been very helpful in keeping this going. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.